Okay, so let me tell you something. I'm gonna. Uh, that, I'm just gonna say a couple of things. Actually, I'm gonna tell you some things. Um, yeah, you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna jump in. But before I jump in, I'm gonna pray, and then we're gonna jump in. Maybe we'll glide in. Maybe we'll skip in, hop in. I don't know, slide, electric slide in. But let's pray first. Let's pray. <laughs> Dear Lord, thank you for bringing us here today and allowing us to experience another great day that you have made. God, we magnify your name, Lord, because you are worthy to be praised. Hey, can I get a hallelujah? <laughs> you are amazing, God, and I just want to thank you. I want to thank you for um, everything that you are and everything that you are growing us to be. In Jesus' name, amen. And on the topic of growing us to be, let's talk about that, shall we? So a recent topic that has been quite uh, relevant in my mind is this topic of growing and maturing in Christ. And do I have any scripture to reference? No, not at the current moment. Do I have any notes to reference? No, not at the current time. And I just, I don't know why, but I wanted to jump on because I was really feeling a connection to this topic and I wanted to share now, this is something that I'm going to be working through in real time. So this is going to be like a Bible study of sorts. Uh, I wouldn't necessarily call it a Bible study. I would say maybe like a Bible glance. We're not going to be studying <laughs> right now, but we are going to be glancing at the word of God once I find um, what I'm looking for. It goes L-N-N-O-P. Yeah. Okay. Anywho. Needless to say, basically this topic is one that has been weighing on my heart all day today and it's shown up in so many different formats. So first and foremost, the first format that it showed up um, in was when I was walking this morning and I was doing a listening to a meditation that was being done. And in this meditation, the um, guy who was narrating, who was speaking, he was talking about this concept of maturity and what it looks like to mature in Christ. And basically the scripture was from Romans 8, 26 that we were kind of meditating on. And it talks about how inwardly we groan because we don't know what we are to pray for. We don't know how to pray as we should. Um, and so because we don't know how to pray as we should, the Holy Spirit speaks for us through groans that we can't even, you know, we can't even form words and the Holy Spirit speaks for us. And so that's basically what that says. I could find the actual verse. I'm just sitting over here with my Bible open, not even looking for the actual verse. So let me go to it real quick so I can so I can read exactly what it says and not, um, not take away from it. So in Romans chapter 8, verse 26, let me find it. Okay, it says, likewise, the spirit helps us in our weakness, for we do not know what we are what to pray for as we ought but the spirit himself intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words meaning when we have these feelings and emotions and experiences and desires that are so deep we don't even know how to express them as words to god um the holy spirit intercedes for us and he comes on our behalf and speaks to god for us and so the analogy that the um narrator of this meditation was talking about which i also linked the meditation um below I'm going to write a note real quick so I can remember because, you know, I don't be going back to my notes and looking back. So, <laughs> I mean, I don't go back and listen to the stuff. I listen, I look at my notes, but I don't go back. But um, I'm going to say encounter meditation and I'm going to say Romans 8, 26. Okay. 
So anywho, um, so basically the analogy that he was making was that it's essentially like a baby. When a person has a baby, like let's say he was like, so basically what he had us do was he imagined that we were holding a baby um, and this baby's not our baby. And so the baby starts crying and wailing and kicking and screaming and we don't know what's going on. We're just sitting here like we're literally like, what is this? What is this child doing? What is going on? We don't know what he wants. We can't understand him. He's not speaking to us. And then we're trying to calm the baby down, but the baby can't understand us because the baby can't speak English. And so it's just uh, it's conflicting. It's conflicting because no one understands each other. But then the parent comes in and the parent understands the baby because the parent understands the groans and the cries and the and the the um, screams of that child. And the parent is able to come in and say, oh, he needs some milk like (laughs) somebody. He needs some milk. Okay, I'm sorry. <laughs> Ignore that. That's um, that's what we call a vine, a meme. If you know, you know, and if you don't, you don't. And honestly, if you don't know, I can't take the time to explain it to you because I don't have vocabulary to explain it. So I'm just joking. That's another reference. I'm sorry, y'all. I'm with the references today. Um, but no. So basically, the the parent will come in and be like, "Oh yeah, he just need. He's just tired." And it's like, you look at the parent, like, how do you know this? Like, the baby's literally screaming and crying. How do you know that the baby's tired? And they just know because they've been with the child. They made that child. So they know that child. That's literally how it is with God. The Holy Spirit was with God when he created us, when he crafted us. They all worked together to craft us because they are the Trinity, three in one, right? And so literally the Holy Spirit knows us inside and out. And it reminds me of Psalm 139, which I'm going to go to real quick, but basically like the Holy Spirit knows us inside and out. The Holy Spirit knows, um, he knows us so well that when we don't even know what to say, when we don't even know how to respond, what we should think, how we should pray to God, like we know that we, we are in need, but we don't even know how to express our need to God literally the Holy Spirit is there interceding for us. And so in Psalm 139, um, he says, Oh Lord, you have searched me and known me. You know, when I sit down and when I rise up, you discern my thoughts from afar. Literally the Holy Spirit discerns our thoughts from afar. It says, you search my path and my lying down and are acquainted with all of my ways. Even before a word was on my tongue, behold, Lord, you knew it altogether. The Holy Spirit, before the word was even on our tongue, before we could even speak it, before we even knew how to speak it, the Holy Spirit already knew what we needed. He already knew. Um, And so then he goes into more, basically the psalmist goes into more kind of like detail on, you know, how the Lord knows him. But my favorite line is verse 13, where it says, for you formed my inward parts. You knitted me together in my mother's room, in my mother's womb. Like if that's not, if if he didn't, if that's not close enough for you, I don't know what is. Like he literally knit us together in the womb of our mothers. And when you think about it, knitting, this is a little bit of a tangent, but knitting is such a tedious thing to do. Like I've begun knitting recently and I love it. First of all, I love knitting, um, but knitting is so tedious. It's literally like doing one thing at a time. It kind of gets monotonous at some times, but it is so tedious and intricate if you really want it to look the way it's meant to look. And so for God to take the time to not just mass produce us, but to literally hand by hand knit us like 
knitting by hand is so it's so tedious it takes a long time I'm not even joking like if you ever get the opportunity to knit I highly suggest that you try it first of all it's fun it's not for old ladies just for old ladies it's fun it's fun it's fun trust me it's trust me trust me um but also it's just it's such a it's when you do it you really start thinking to yourself like man (laughs) man I'm doing all of this just to get one little square like you really are because it's not something that is when you're knitting by hand it's so much different than mass producing something that's knitted and so it's just interesting to note that psalm 139 literally discusses in verse 13 how the holy spirit how god knitted him together like he did it by hand he didn't just say all right we got the factory up you know we gonna create up no he was like i'm knitting you hand by hand that shows how close god is to us how close he is to us and how close he wants to be with us even more and so anywho Needless to say, the Holy Spirit is close to us. He knows us. Jesus even left the Holy Spirit to us. Jesus was like, hey, y'all, I'm finna leave. But like, I'm about to leave y'all somebody who finna be with y'all for the long run. Check him out. And then the Holy Spirit walks in and it's like, great. You know what I mean? And like, yeah. And so, anywho. (laughs) Anywho, needless to say, the Holy Spirit he knows us honestly more than we know ourselves because he knit us together. He was there and the whole Trinity knitted us together. And so, so that verse in Romans eight twenty six shows that, you know, as children of God, we're not only knitted by God, by his, we're not only his handiwork fearfully and wonderfully made, but we are also known by him. So it's like he, there's this intimate, like, connection between us where he knows us deeper than we even know ourselves and I think that's reassuring because a lot of times I don't even know why I do what I do like literally I'll be sitting here contemplating like Hannah why did you do this or why did you think this or why do you continue to to make these actions why do you continue to do wrong even though you know what you're supposed to do is right like I will always 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 beat myself up over these things because I just don't get it I don't understand myself And I think that's literally, like, that's what Paul talks about in Romans 7. He goes through this whole spiel of, like, how he doesn't understand himself. He doesn't get why he does what he does. Because what he wants to do, he doesn't do. And what he doesn't want to do, he does do. And it's just this constant conflict. And my favorite line is when he says, and every time I try to do good, evil is always around. I'm like, you know what, Paul? You hit it on the, you, like, hit it on the nail. (laughs) You hit it on the nail, buddy, there. You did. Because that is literally what I feel all the time. And so even when we're not even able to express this feeling of like remorse and grief for our actions, even when we're not able to be like like understanding ourselves, the Holy Spirit is there to intercede in prayer for us on our behalf to God. And so when he made this analogy to a child, I recognized like it was a moment of revelation for me today that like, oh, I'm still a child. (laughs) And I kind of want to dive into that for a moment um, because I think it's, it's quite interesting. I think there's multiple things that I want to hit on in this. So I recognize today that I am a child in my faith. I realize that a lot of times I want to be so like spirit led, spirit filled. Like I want to be out there on the front lines 
ministering to people, da 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 da. And it's not bad to want those things, but it's bad to not wait in obscurity and move in like and grow in maturity in order to be what God needs me to be when he needs me to be it. And so in this moment of obscurity, in this moment of being like in this moment of being hidden in God, not being seen yet for the public, he's trying to grow me and mature me. And I keep wanting to jump out. I keep wanting to be seen because I want everybody to see how I'm growing and maturing in God. And it's just like, no. And so what I want to call back to for a moment is just this fact that I'm new in the faith. I oftentimes feel like I should be farther than I am because I feel like, well, I've been with God for a while. Like I should be farther than I am. When I really think about it though, I've only really been with God for two years. Like it's only been two years since I actually started pursuing him and submitting my life to him. I've known him all my life. I've known him to be a father. I've known him like I've known him in so many vicinities, but I never really actually started submitting my will to his will until two years ago. And even then I was still messing up, but like, (laughs) and I still am now, but like, it wasn't a, a really intentional thing. It was more of like a kind of like, I guess I'll do it because that's what I see everyone around me doing. Um, which is another thing I want to talk about is like how I often just kind of mimic the people around me. I don't know if I, I think I've already done a, <laughs> I'm pretty sure I've already done a podcast on this, but, um, yeah, I mean, anywho, he was saying that's another, that's another thing for another day. But basically I, where was I? Oh yeah. So I'm new in the faith. I'm two years old. Like if you think about it, literally, if you have, I need to stop saying the word literally. If you think about it developmentally, a child who is two years old can do very little things. They have a limited proficiency in the English language. Uh, they have a limited proficiency in handwriting, reading, and uh, all of the other subjects. And they're just a child. Like you would not expect that from them. You would not expect them to be literate and be able to read full passages. You would not expect them to be able to understand, you know, da 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 you expect from a two-year-old for them to be a two-year-old and so a lot of times I think that I expect myself to be at higher levels I expect myself to be so like oh I'm so in the word of God I'm this I'm that I'm a prayer warrior and it's like I haven't even developed that yet like I I said it like this when I was talking to my friend Emily today I said it like this I was like I Oh, I thought I heard something, but I said it like this. I said, I want to be a prayer warrior so bad. And I don't even know how to speak the language of the Holy Spirit yet. Like as a toddler in the faith, like toddlers don't even know how to fully and effectively speak, fluently speak the language of English or Spanish or whatever, you know, whatever language you're speaking, um, whatever language they grow up with. They don't even know how to fully speak that at two years old. Like fluently, they can speak bits and pieces of it and everybody's like, oh, good, good, yay, good job, you know what I mean? But it's not like fluent. It's not like they're over here giving whole speeches. And so I often expect myself to be a prayer warrior, to be praying on the behalf of everybody and da 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 And it's like, whoa, hold up, wait a minute, something ain't right. Because I, I can't be a prayer warrior if I don't know the language of the spirit. And so as a toddler, I'm still learning 
how to speak the language of the spirit. And I babble every now and then. I mean, I still do. And my prayers, it sounds like babbling because I don't really know what I'm saying because <laughs> I'm a toddler. And it's not an excuse, but it's just an understanding of the, the place that I'm at right now. And I think it part of me needed to be humbled in that respect because I was very prideful. Like I was so prideful because I wanted to be seen as like a ministry leader. I wanted to be seen as a teacher. I wanted to be seen as somebody that people can go to for advice and just understand the word of God. I wanted to be somebody who studied the word of God deeply and kind of knew it like the back of my hand was able to recall passages in scriptures from my memory. Like I wanted to be that type of person. And it's like, that is going to happen one day. But first I need to learn to be humble. I need to learn to be childlike because that's the stage I'm at right now. You know what I mean? Like it's not bad for a two-year-old to want to be a firefighter, but that doesn't mean you put them on the front. <laughs> you wouldn't put them on the front lines to be a firefighter at two years old. You know what I mean? And so I think like that just reminded me today not to rush the process, but to just wait patiently to just be like, God's got it. He is a good father. He's a good teacher. He's a good counselor and he's going to help me grow. He's going to help me grow. And so, yeah, I mean, that was what I realized today when God just spoke to me through that meditation was that I need to humble myself and remember that I am a child in the faith. And I think that a lot of times I want to rush everything, like, because I'm, I often compare myself to other people. I often get in these modes where I just want to be way ahead of everybody all the time. I mean, I even went to like a high school where I got my degree, AA, my like associate's degree already. And so like, I'm constantly being ahead constantly pushing to be farther than I am and so I think it's really difficult for me because then I see my faith and I'm like well I'm trying to put the same things that I'm doing in the world apply those same things to my faith and it's not working out like I'm trying to apply that same like push forward study do this do that and you'll be great you know I'm trying to apply that same hustle essentially to my faith and that's not working out and I'm starting to realize that like hustling is not going to get me anywhere in my faith it's not I can read the bible all I want but I will never grow in God unless I allow him to show me what I need to do in each season and stage in my life and so basically what um yeah I just I had to learn to humble myself and learn that First and foremost, I am a child of God. And second of all, I am a child. <laughs> literally, literally. I don't need to push so hard. I don't need to beat myself up when I don't, when I miss the mark. You know what I mean? Like, I'm still learning. And I think that's the part of me that, that doesn't want to be. Because I don't, I want to be in the place of already have learned this. And now I'm teaching. And I remember there was this verse that was like, I don't even know. I'm going to skip that. But. Um, yeah, anywho, my thoughts are all over the place, but I still want to get this down because it's just bubbling in my brain. And so I've been reading this book called Hearing God by Nathan Finocchio and a huge thing that he talks about, like a huge theme throughout his book is growth and maturity in Christ. And he really talks about how like literally everything in our lives are centered on growth and maturity in Christ. 
And as I've been reading that, it's been sparking in me this mindset of like, wow, that's really true. Like everything God designed is for growth and maturity. It's for us to continue growing in our relationship with him and maturing in Christ. Like that's all he wants. And I feel like as a father, that's literally all he wants. Like if you ask any father, any good father, about their child and you say like what do you want for your child like a good father would say I want my child to grow and mature to become responsible adults you know and that's what God wants for us too he wants us to grow and mature and become responsible Christians who are faithful to his kingdom who are not selfish and self-righteous and ambitious and knocking over each other to get to the top like he wants people who are humble and respectful and responsible people who are mature and if you look at the world right now it is filled with so many immature people and I think that that's the reason why immaturity is not seen for its true lens because we see so many people who are successful but they're immature (laughs) and so it's really up to us as Christians to just be like you know what like pursuing maturity in Christ may look different than what everyone else considers the typical way of going or the successful way to be or even doing things that seem so unconventional but it's like that's what's getting me that's that's what's helping me grow in Christ and so I realized I'm gonna I realized that everything on this earth grows like everything God created grows When you think about it, it grows and matures. When you think about a giraffe, for example, when it has a baby, that baby doesn't just stay at that same stage. It grows and matures. Everything grows. When you think about plants, when you think about flowers and trees, it grows and matures over time. When you think about just anything on earth, animals, plants, anything alive on earth, it grows and matures over time. Honestly, I mean... I would even say like, I was going to say rocks and I was going to try to relate it to like erosion and weathering, but I don't know nothing about that stuff. So let me leave that alone. (laughs) I'm trying to make a connection to something I don't even know nothing about. Um, But yeah, so everything grows and matures in, in life. And it's such an important concept that I'm starting to really like see. And I'm like, whoa, I see what you're doing, God. Because I've been reading this book, Hearing God by Nathan Finocchio for a while, but I never really like, and never really registered like, oh, when he's talking about growth, growing and maturing, like he's really meaning like he, like God wants us to become um, strong and capable, encouraging, edifying adults. You know what I mean? Um, and so, yeah, I just, I started thinking about that and I realized, you know, God's literally created in his design. God's design is based on our growth and our maturity. And, um, I'm starting to get tired now. I kind of see, see how tired I'm getting, but basically, yeah, he wants us to grow and mature in him. And we are like children. We're just learning and growing and one, if there's one thing I've learned throughout my courses that I'm taking as an elementary education major is that children grow developmentally and they grow based on, um, like based on what they're exposed to. And so God's intention for us is to 
continue exposing us to what's going to help us grow. And so one thing that, that they suggest for children who are just now learning about the English language and learning to read is that you constantly expose them in print-rich environments, which means wherever they are, you have things labeled, you just have words and letters plentifully around so that students can be getting familiar with the English language or whatever language they're speaking. So for example, if you have a door, you would put a label for the word door on the door so that as students go to the door, they would see this is a door and then they can start seeing those letters forming. You put around them just various things that could remind them of what they're supposed to be learning. And so I realized like, maybe I need to do that. <laughs> like maybe I need to put around my room things that are going to remind me of this Holy Spirit language. Because when you think about it, like God's language is different than our language. Like there's some overlaps, but like when the Holy Spirit speaks through the Bible or through other people, sometimes it's a little bit different than like the world's language. Actually, it is different than the world's language. You know, the world's language is telling you one thing, but God's language is telling you something different. And so it's like, how do you understand this language that you're not so familiar with? You know, I feel like God's language is not so readily accessible and available, but the world's language is. And so it's a lot easier to understand the world's language than it is to understand God's language sometimes. And I know I'm probably not making sense and I'm kind of going on a, on a rampage, rampage, but you get what I'm saying, don't you? Um, just in case you didn't know, it's 1044 here right now and I'm dead tired, but I'm still going because I'm awesome and I'm cool. No, I'm joking. <laughs> I'm just joking. My friend Emily said that earlier and I just thought it was so funny the way she said it, so I wanted to say it, but... Um, it wasn't as funny because I didn't have anyone to actually laugh at my joke real time. I even mentioned this that I'm probably going to get a laugh track one day so I could just have it handy for whenever I do want people to laugh. You know what? There's probably apps. There's probably apps. Let me, (laughs) let me find a laugh track app. If I get my hands on a laugh track app, watch out, watch out. Your girl's bringing comedy shows to you daily for free, for free. Anywho, needless to say, God wants us to grow. And the more you grow, the more you, the more you know, the more you grow, I guess. But another thing that they suggest to children, like when you're trying to teach children how to read or when you're trying to teach them their letters and stuff like that, is to constantly expose them to reading. So to read to them, to read around them. To read no to read to them and then they also suggest that the student like reads along with you that's what I was trying to say along not around I don't know why I said around <laughs> you just you're walking around your child and reading like what <laughs> no you read to them and then you have your child read along with you and even if they don't know what they're saying just having them there with you is going to help them better understand um, that English is a language or not that English is a language, there's a lot of languages out there, um, that the words that are on a page carry meaning and that it's something that's worth being understood. And so that'll help students to have the motivation to want to continue reading. And I feel like that's the same with with um, God's word is that like as I have people 
reading it, like as I'm hearing people reading it and talking about it, I'm starting to understand the meaning behind it in a different way than I've previously thought of it before. Because before, and now that I think about it, I never really thought about this before, but now that I think about it, I used to really read my Bible like the way I approached school. Like I would I would read my Bible like highlighting certain things, analyzing it like I used to do my textbooks or like whenever I would read an article. And now as I'm starting to read um, in this season of my life, being in the midst of my program and stuff like that, it's really exhausting to read like that because I'm reading like that every day and like for school. So then trying to read like that every day for devotion is no longer like is no longer helping me. And so now I'm starting to see that when I hear other people speaking on it, like basically reading to me, it's helping me to be like, oh, okay. And it's not to say that I don't need to read for myself. I do still read for myself. But just when I hear other people reading it to me, it's like, oh, okay. And it gives me kind of a substance to then go back and, and read it myself and to be like understanding it. You know what I mean? I guess I'm not really explaining that well, but it makes sense to me. So that's what we're going to roll with. <laughs> um, but yeah, like I used to, and I, and I used to really read it analytically I used to read the Bible really analytically and now I'm starting to read it um with more intention on more focus on like what is the the meaning behind this as opposed to like what can I get out of this like I'm more so now like what is the meaning that God wants to speak to me out of this and so anywho I'm just rambling I'm just going on and on and on and on and on to the break of dawn but that's what I've been realizing recently. God's whole purpose for us is to grow and mature. He just wants us to to grow into and to mature and to become um, to become responsible adults who are able to, you know, exercise wisdom and autonomy and to to do right in this world. Like that's what He wants from us and. You know, I think a lot of times I beat myself up because I always want to be further than I am right now. And it's like, girl, chill out. So I'm going to read verse. I don't know what verse I'm going to read, but hold on. Let me see, because I see some verse in here about maturity. So I have a quick tip for anybody who's like me and can't recall verses off the top of your head. You don't know. Like, I don't often just like memorize verses. So if you go to the back of your Bible where the index is a lot of times your Bibles will have indexes and it'll just have a bunch of words that are in alphabetical order and then they'll have verses underneath them so that's where I'm finding it so in my Bible I found a page that talks about that says mature and so it has a bunch of verses um and so yeah okay so then they have little snippets yeah, among the mature, we do in part. Let's see, let's see what First Corinthians two has to say about maturity. First Corinthians two six. Okay. Now the only thing is with this, you really have to go in and look. And I could just look on. I could just look on my phone, but where's the fun in that? I want you to hear the pages turning. Do you hear them turning? Here the page is turning. 
turn your pages with me and see if you hear it. Okay. <laughs> hmm. Interesting. That's not really the... I wasn't really looking for this, but I think it's cool. So it says in first in first corinthians chapter 2 verse 6 yet among the mature we do impart wisdom although it is not a wisdom of this age or of the rulers of this age who are doomed to pass away so i don't know who he's talking to i don't know who the we is but i know that i yeah so yeah among the mature we do impart wisdom um so i think he's talking about <laughs> I don't even know. My brain is not here. Not here. But essentially, wisdom is imparted to those who are mature. And wisdom is not of this age, but it is It is from God. It is from God. Okay. <gasps> well, I'm not going to go through all these. I'm exhausted. So, we have 1 Corinthians 2.6, 1 Corinthians 4.20. Ephesians 4.13. Pause the video if you want to drop you down. Philippians 3.15. Colossians 1.28. And Hebrews 5.14. Thank you, God, for your word. Anywho, <laughs> that's pretty much it. I didn't really have anything else particular to discuss. I just wanted to share that and mention that and talk about that. And yeah. And another thing is just the fact that hmm, I just, I find myself just wanting to be like other people so bad. Like I, I just, I think sometimes I stop focusing on being mature in Christ in my own time because I'm so focused on everyone else. And I think even when I was a kid, this was something I struggled with. Because I remember my mom telling me that, like, even as a kid, I wanted to be an adult. Like, I literally befriended someone who was, like, probably, like, years and years and years older than me. Years, no, decades older than me. Um, I'm pretty sure, like, I was five, and I'm pretty sure she was, like, 20. And, like, I remember, because she was my mom's friend's daughter, and... So my mom's friend is Miss Benita. Shout out to Miss Benita. She probably isn't hearing this, but I love her anyway. She used to do my braids back in the day. So shout out to her. Um, but she has a daughter. I forgot her daughter name, to be honest. But um, I literally considered her daughter my friend. And her daughter was literally 15 years older than me. <laughs> like when I was a kid, I kid you not, I just wanted to be grown so bad. And now as an adult like I'm legally an adult now um as an adult I'm just like oh like why was I in such a hurry to be an adult and now I'm an adult and I don't really I don't really like I didn't take the time to really sit in the seasons that I had because I was always so focused on going to the next season and I don't really think that that's maturing like I think that like maturity is saying I'm going to focus on this moment because I know that this moment is going to lead to the next moment, which is going to lead to the next moment, which is going to lead to the next moment, you know, and I don't think I really gave myself the time to properly mature because I was so ready to jump out and do everything. Like I remember literally low key being a false teacher 
within the church house because what I was teaching was not how I was acting. Um, and that was because I, as a 16 and 17 year old young woman, I was able to see these connections of how God's word, like I could see the meaning of God's word and be like, oh, this applies to this and this applies to this. Just because I had a literary mind that was able to see the connections of God's literary piece, like God's piece, God's work is, is like, you know, literature. And so I was able to see all these connections, but I was not having the heart behind it. I did not have the love behind it. I was just speaking all these things, but not having my actions reflect that. And so now I'm starting to see like what I was teaching Loki was, um, was false teaching because it wasn't God's whole truth. You know what I mean? Like I wasn't showing God's truth through what I was saying and doing. It was just what I was saying. Like I was, I was being a hypocrite, you know what I mean? And I think that's because I wanted to be something I wasn't before I was even mature enough to do it. Like at that point, I had only really been focusing on God's word, studying him in my own time for a couple of years. And so then to, oh, excuse me, to want to jump out of the season I was in, like I did it. I just, I did not want to learn. I wanted to be a teacher so bad. And so I had got up teaching, you know, at my church, teaching in Sunday school, teaching in Bible study. But really not knowing the weight of what I was teaching and knowing how to teach from a place of love. And so everything I was teaching made sense logically, um, but it did not, it wasn't necessarily like um, from God, if you know what I mean. Like it was more so me and my interpretations as opposed to like, this is a message from God, you know what I mean? And so now I'm really learning that and I'm learning that like, I need to stop rushing things. Even in this season, I was already starting to rush things. And it literally, like, I need to stop saying the word, literally. Um, (laughs) Me and Emily were talking today. And I was disgusting, disgusting, not disgusting. I was disgusting. No, I wasn't. I was discussing this, um, this phenomena with Emily about how Like, I always want to jump ahead and I always want to jump into the next season and be this, that, and the third. And just, I want to be at this level of maturity so bad, but I don't want to take the time to go through the process of maturity. And I'm starting to see how um, social media is affecting me too, because I see all these people who are at the levels that I want to be at constantly. And so I'm constantly observing and absorbing what they're doing. And I'm like... I need to be there because I see them there. And I think that's such a negative aspect to hold. First of all, such a prideful aspect to go into every situation thinking about how you need to improve. Like sometimes you just need to focus on other people and be like, wow, that's great for them. Instead of seeing that and be like, wow, that's great for them. But like, man, I need to do that too. Like, uh uh, this is not about you, baby. This is about them. And so I'm starting to see how um, just by constantly consuming other things, I'm just really really focusing on like oh wow I need to improve I need to do better I need to be at the level that they're at not recognizing that my process of maturity is going to look different than theirs and even my outcome 
of like growing and maturity in God is going to look different than theirs. And so I have to stop comparing myself because once I get out of this season, then I'm going to want to be back in that season. Like I was in, in high school, I was so focused on getting to college that I neglected a lot of opportunities for engagement and fun and things of that sort because I was so focused on getting to college. Okay, now I'm in college and (laughs) now I'm in college and I'm neglecting this season because, well, I was, I'm trying not to now, but I was neglecting the season because I wanted to be in the next season. Like I just want to be at a place of maturity and completeness so bad, but there's never a cap to our maturity in Christ. Like we're always going to be maturing. It's never going to be like, all right, well, I'm matured now, you know, game over. I'm done. No, like it's always going to be something new that we're learning, some new way that we're maturing in Christ. And it's always going to be that way. You know what I mean? And so that was just something that I had to realize today. And I was like, wow, thank you, Lord, for that revelation. Because I think a lot of times I unnecessarily push myself and I unnecessarily beat myself up not recognizing that this is all a journey and life life is a hot like you know they used to say this all the time back in my day um and I don't know who the famous writer of this quote is but they used to say life is a highway and I'm gonna write it all night long and I don't know but (laughs) it's beyond me it's above me now is all I have to say to that and so I'm just gonna leave it at that but yeah thank you all for coming on this journey with me to discover maturity and what that means to me and yeah I hope that was I don't even know what that was I couldn't even tell you I've been talking for 41 minutes that's kind of crazy it's kind of crazy that I've been talking for 41 minutes I actually can't believe that well that's the end of my TED talk. I hope y'all have a great night and I'll see y'all. Well, I won't see you tomorrow. That's kind of weird if I see you tomorrow. Um, that's really weird. That's weird. That's suspicious. I don't know what's with the references today, but I'm killing it. I'm killing it with all these references. Okay. Anyway, I'll see y'all later. I hope y'all have a great day. I hope y'all have a great night, whatever time you're listening to this and stay safe because we still in a panoramic right now.